Welcome to the Debt-Free Canadian Podcast. My name is Rob and my goal is to guide Canadians in a proven process to pay off debt, be intentional with their money, and live with outrageous generosity. Are you ready to tell your money where to go rather than wonder where it all went? All right, let's get started. Hello, everybody. For today's episode, I want to address the question I hear, especially from Christians. How much should I be saving? And I I get the impression through talking to many, many people that really the question they're asking is, am I saving enough? There's some massive guilt around money in our culture today, especially within the church. And I want to give some guidelines that I've found to be very solid, that follow the biblical standard and lead to a high quality life. Some guidelines that you can feel confident about and that if you do them will generally, of course, not not 100% guarantee, but will generally result in long-term financial success. So without further ado, here is how much should I be saving? So first step is if you have no savings at this point, if you have no emergency fund that is outside retirement, if you have no money that you can get to in the event of emergency, you need an emergency fund. So that's your first thing. What? How much should I be saving? You should be saving $1,000. $1,000, that's all to start. You need $1,000 in a starter baby emergency fund. If you have no money you can get to right now that's not in a retirement fund, uh, that's not in a, that's uh, not locked in somewhere, you need $1,000 set aside, put it in its own account, put it somewhere where you're not going to spend it on anything except emergencies. Okay, that's step one. Step two, if after that you have any debt whatsoever, any consumer debt, now non-mortgage debt we're talking about at this point, but even a massive student loan would count here, a car debt, uh, any kind of debt whatsoever, the answer to how much should I be saving right now is zero. You need to get out of debt. So with that $1,000 emergency fund that you got started there, you need to throw everything else, every other penny you can pull out of your budget, you need to throw it at the debt and get the debt gone. Debt is your enemy. It is stealing your money every single month. Get it gone and then you can move on to the next step. And that is step three. If you have uh, no more consumer debt, you, you maybe have a mortgage still, but all your student loans are gone, all your um, all your car loads, loans are gone, your personal loans, lines of credit, everything's down to zero. Uh, if those are gone, the next step is now you need a fully funded emergency fund because we don't want you going back into debt, okay? So how much should I save? Three to six months of your expenses. So what does that mean? Uh, take a look at your budget, take a look at what you're actually spending on a monthly basis. How much would it take to actually run your household in the event of an emergency, okay? So in other words, you shut down everything because you're not go- you're not going on vacation. You're not putting away for your kid's college fund while you're in an emergency, right? So if you lost your job today or something like your, your income suddenly went to zero today, what would you actually be spending on in the next month, okay? So just the minimum to keep your house running, take that number and multiply by somewhere between three and six, depending on how firm your job is, depending on how uh, uh, risk averse you are, these kind of things. If, you, if you're if you really scared about having, you know, you want money around, go for six months. If you feel really secure, if your job's really solid, you don't see this as a real possibility of happening, go at least three months of that number. So whatever that number is to run your household, multiply by three or multiply by six or somewhere in between. That's how much you should be saving if you're in step three. 
Okay. Next up, step four, you actually have that done now. You've got that fully funded emergency fund. What do you do now? Now you should be, how much should you be saving right now? 15% of your income into retirement. Okay. So you are going to retire regardless of what else happens. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed something. If you are, uh, uh, if you don't have a house yet, then we'll take a little break there first. If you actually don't have a house, so let me start this again. You built the $1,000 starter emergency fund. You then paid off all of your debt. And then you now built up a fully funded emergency fund. Now, and you don't have a house. At that step, to take some time and to save up money for a down payment before you start retirement, not a bad, bad idea at all, okay? And what this is, is we're gonna build up as much down payment as I possibly can at this point to be able to throw a down payment on a house. Now, you pr you wanna aim for probably at least 10% of whatever you're gonna buy. The, the, the government and the mortgage company will let you get away with less. You wanna aim for at least 10. I would actually encourage you to even do all the way up to 20% if you can. Sometimes that's not doable when you're doing your first home purchase, and that's okay. But uh, if you can get all the way up to 20%, you can avoid uh, something in Canada called CMHC. Uh, CMHC is insurance for the mortgage company in case you default. This is not an insurance that you gain any benefit from and yet you pay for it. And the way it's done in Canada is it's entirely added to the cost of the house when you buy. And it, you're, you end up financing it over the entire mortgage. So you end up paying uh, interest on interest on interest of that thing. So if you can get up to 20%, that is awesome. But 10%, okay, especially for a first home, fine. If it's anything more than a first home, definitely. If it's a second home, third home, whatever, make sure you get up to 20%. But so that's, we're taking a small break before we do retirement, maximum three years, right? Uh, not more than three years where you're putting every penny you've got into this fund, every extra penny you've got into this fund to build up this massive down payment to be able to buy that home, okay? So that's, that's we uh, sometimes people call that step 3B, right? Before you start step four. Okay, so back to step four. Now you've got the home, you've moved in, you're, you're, you're comfortable, you've got a rhythm of life going, and you have no debt, so you actually have money, right? You're not watching your money go out every month in payments. So the next step is 15% of your income going into retirement, okay? So this is where uh, you are now taking uh, exactly 15% to take your entire monthly, or entire yearly income, multiply by 0.15 and divide by 12. And that's how much you wanna put in on a monthly basis into a retirement fund. Now, I've got other videos and I'll link some below, but this idea of how do you uh, invest into what and how and all these things, when you're just getting started, at the very least, put that much into a separate bank account. Get started, because you need to get started doing that. That needs to be part of your budget for the rest of your life, as long as you, the rest of your working life is investing into retirement, because you are going to retire. So putting 15%, no more and no less, into retirement fund every single month, okay? How much should I see saving? 15% of your income right there. If on top of that, you've still got more money and you're still asking, how much should I be saving? Am I saving enough? The next step is RESPs for the kids, okay? If you've got kids, uh, if you don't have kids, and of course this wouldn't apply to you, but if you've got kids, uh, any chance to help them with their, with their kids' college, the Canadian government does some amazing things when it comes to uh, kids' college funding. So an RESP, if you put in, uh, I want to say $208 a month, something like that, if you multiply that out by 12, it comes to $2,500 a year. If you put in $2,500 a year, the government will give you at least 500. In fact, more if you if your income's lower than a certain threshold, but they'll get a, give you at least $500 for every $2,500 you put in. They'll give you 20% 
on your money. That is, that's an instant 20% growth on your money. Totally worth it. Uh, and in fact, if you're getting started, so say you've got kids who are 10 and six like me right now, <laughs> if you've got kids who are 10 and six and you've never done this before, well, then you've actually got years you can catch up on. So make it your goal to actually not do two, uh, 208 uh, per month per, per kid, but 416 per month per kid. Okay. So how much should you be saving? That uh, $416 per month per kid can be going into an RESP and get instant 20% growth from the government on that to go to college. So that would be your step five is to actually start building that kid's college fund. And you can get a lot up to that point before you hit that max. Like I said, if you got three kids, that's a lot of money. And especially if you're catching up from previous years. Okay. So that's a lot of, a lot of money you can save. Okay. And all of it's valuable because you're getting money instantly back from the government from that. And if the kids end up uh, not going to school, they, you can move it to a sibling. If they end up um, uh, uh, worst, like worst, worst, worst case scenario, uh, that they don't go to school, you have no one to transfer it to. Um, and you know, and it's not going to happen for years and years because there's actually a very, very long time limit on these. You can actually uh, use them way later. Um, if it really came down to it, you can actually give back the grant money, give back the money the government gave you, and all the rest can go into your RRSP. Okay, so there's really not much downside. It is your money the whole way up. It just allow the kid. It becomes allowed to be taxed at the kid's rate if they take it out for school. Okay, so got some great videos about that. I'll put those down below if you want to see that as well. But uh, in general, if you've got older kids and you've never done this before, four hundred and sixteen dollars per month per child. You can actually get all the way up to that to really start banking on some of this money from the government for that. Okay, that's step five. Step six uh, is pay off the house. So if all after all this, you still ask the question, how much should I be saving, Rob? I'm, you know, maybe I don't have any kids or I'm still, I'm already maxing out my kids' RESPs. How much should I be saving? At that point, the answer is no more. The answer is no more. You should be putting it now onto the house. Now, of course, this is outside of things like, oh, I need to, I need to get a new car. Okay. Well, if, if that's something like that's coming up, you pay, you, you figure out how much you want to spend. You start putting that much away to start saving for that money. But, uh, beyond the, the expenses you've got and beyond the savings that you've already been doing up to this point, the next goal we have is to get that house paid off as soon as possible. Okay. So this is now where we're in step six. We're throwing er everything extra we've got at the mortgage to be able to get that done really, really fast, okay? Because once that mortgage is done, now you're in step seven and the answer is how much should I be saving? As much as you can to keep the government's hands off it, okay? At that point, now we're in we're in baby step seven. We're in the stage where I've got, I've got money available to me. I don't have a house payment anymore. I'm already, uh, uh, I'm already uh, getting all the match I can in the RESPs. How much should I be saving now? Well, certainly at least the 15%, but I would even max out at that point, max out RES, uh, RRSPs. Take, uh, once you've filled up your TFSA room, then move on to your RRSP room. And once you've filled up those, like hopefully that's above your 15% at that point. If you make a lot of money, it might not be. But at that point, you, uh, you've got a lot invested. And now on top of that, you want to start asking, you want to start asking, well, how much do I save at that point? You want to start asking, what percentage am I going to do? So, uh, so you, you and your family, you would decide this as a, as a family, cause there's only three things you can do with money. You can spend it, you can save it, 
or you can give it away. And you should be doing all three. And so once you've hit that level of uh, uh, house is paid off, we have extra money every single month, what do we do with it? Whatever that money is, I would choose some percentages together. You and your wife, you and your spouse, choose some percentages together about what, how, what percentages are we gonna put to each? To spending, to saving, to giving. Maybe you're gonna do a third to each, 33% each. You're 33% to your uh, spending, 33% to giving, 33% to saving. That'd be incredible. Think about the a massive giving you could do during that, right? Unbelievable. Some people will do, uh, you know, maybe 50% spending, 25 giving, 25 saving. Sure. And I guess the saving at that point, if you've already maxed out TFSAs and RSPs, it would be just straight into a uh, some sort of, uh, obviously find the best way to, to invest to avoid taxes, but it might just be a normal uh, brokerage account or something like this. But whatever you can do to avoid uh, paying taxes on it, of course, is, is, is important at that point. Uh, but <laughs> the point is that you choose some percentages and then you can feel completely guilt-free about spending the extra money you have. You can feel completely guilt-free about giving the money you have because you know you're already saving a ton and you're saving to you've already saving towards retirement. You're saving, maxing out towards your kid's college and you're in a great place. And even on that top of that, the excess, you're putting money into savings for future issues as well. All right. Well, that's about it for this episode of the Debt Free Canadian Podcast. I hope that brought you some massive value today. Now, if you've got a question around this idea of savings and about putting money away for the future, whether it be for retirement or kids college or for buying a new car or whatever it is, go ahead and text the word podcast to my community platform text number at 204-8136-133 and you'll be able to leave a voicemail with your question. You can also leave me a voicemail with your feedback about the show. I'm still working on it. This is a work in progress. I would love to make it more and more valuable for you. Please go ahead and provide some feedback there. It would be much, much appreciated. Or, of course, if you prefer, you can always send me an email with feedback at rob at wepayoffdebt.ca. I'd also be very grateful if you'd rate my podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Uh, That helps tremendously with keeping my podcast visible so that people who have never heard of it can discover it. But until next time, remember, the best time to start may have been 10 years ago, but the second best time to start is today. You got this.